What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to VCast, where church and culture come together. Uh, do that great thing that you do and go ahead and give us a like if you haven't. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, this month, we're going to be talking about the battlefield in our minds because there is a war going on in our minds with anxiety and all sorts of things. But we know that if we are able to change our mind, then God can change our life. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the I Declare War series. This episode, um, we're going to be talking about rejoice, the rejoice principle, um, which basically is reviving your soul and reclaiming your life through praise. Right. Um, We know that last episode we had talked about the reframe principle where we are reframing our minds to see things through God's perspective. So today, the other principle, the um, a very important principle is praise. And how does praise and rejoicing bring our minds back to God? Right. So today we're going to be talking about that. I'm back here with Pastor Jeremy. Yo, Yo. I'm here. <laughs> He's here. Yes. Um, so you ready to get into it, man? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So before we start getting into that rejoice principle, I think it's very important to talk about um, sort of where our minds can get at. And right. why we need to praise and why we need to worship and yeah. do all that stuff. And um, a lot of times in our lives, we get to a point where God is sort of forgotten. Mm-hmm. You ever get like that? Like you're so busy with yeah. worldly things, mm-hmm. right? Right. I think that's a that's just a basic concept with anything. Um, I think one of the, the phrases is out of sight, out of mind. When Ooh, you don't yeah. see something often enough. You just kind of forget you have it. They say that that's actually the key when you're angry. Um, write a write an angry note, put it in an envelope, and then put it in your drawer. Um, and then if you're still angry about it, you're going to take that letter and go deal with whatever you're angry about. But most of the time, people forget that the letter is there. They'll literally come back two or three years later and then find the letter and go, oh, I forgot I wrote this. <laughs> you know, because because you bury it deep in that drawer and you forget that it's even there because it's not in sight. And so we can tend to forget about things that we don't that aren't commonplace in our life. Exactly. And God is God needs to be commonplace in our lives. But a lot of times because he's out of sight and because the stresses of everyday life sort of get in the way. Um, I know that that's something that's been happening to me when I got into college. Mm. Um, so much work. Um, I've seen myself kind of forget about God at times because I'm so worried about what's going on in front of me. And the Bible tells us to take care of this because this can be very dangerous. We know in Deuteronomy 8.11, it says, take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and statutes, which I command you today. Um, Basically, to be careful, right? Because especially when we're not practicing and reminding ourselves of what the Bible teaches every day, we tend to lose sight of God. And that can tend to happen when we're at work, when we're at school yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think a lot of people are put off a relationship with God and say, you know, I'll, I'll be able to focus more once I finish yeah. college. And I'm like, oh, when? When you get a girlfriend, uh, when you when you get married, when you a have house, kids, when you get your career, yeah. when, you, when you get a house, when you get, it's like, bro, your life is only gonna continue to add more and more and more and more distractions that are going to take away your affections and your attention from God, that's never going to stop. The The point is not to wait until your life gets to a place where you can pay attention. It's to 
learn to balance and pay attention to those things now mm-hmm. and and maintain that relationship with God, create those healthy rhythms that we talked about uh, before. Yeah, and that's why it's good to start start your relationship with God when you're younger, when you have less responsibilities, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we try and focus so much on the youth. Yeah. Because they have the most time on their hands because if they don't have a steady relationship with God when they have time, right? once they get older and they start to have less and less time, their minds are going to be drawn away from God more right. now because they have so much on it already um, through those responsibilities. But yeah, definitely um, our minds and our thoughts sort of drift away when God's forgotten because he's out yeah. of place. Yeah. But Colossians 3, 1 through 4 tells us that since we have been raised with Christ to set our hearts on things above, right? Yeah. Um, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not earthly things. Mm-hmm. Like again, how I was saying that earthly things can tend to be that distraction and our minds tend to wander off. Paul tells us, set your minds on things above, not earthly things for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ mm-hmm. in God. When Christ, who is your life, I love that. Who is your life, right? Yeah. We tend to worry on the things of life, but Christ is our life. Yep. He then appears and we will also appear with him. Yeah. I like that verse too, because it says, since then you have been raised with Christ, then sets your set your heart on things above. above. Like there's this tendency for Christians to um to want my soul to ascend, but not my mind. Ooh. Right? Like like when Jesus died and he resurrected, Before afterwards what happens? He rises and they're like, where is he going? Right. He's going into the heavens. He's like, the thing is that we're okay with Jesus taking our minds to our our bodies to heaven, but not our mind. Our mind is so focused and fixated and it stays so grounded on the things of this world that we never get anywhere in life. You know, like our thoughts, you know, God says your thoughts, my my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways Mm -hmm. as the, the heavens are separated from the earth so are my thoughts separated from yours but the idea was that when we receive the holy spirit we receive the mind the will the spirit of god we understand what he wants so we have to set our minds on higher things and stop setting our minds on these low temporal things exactly yeah because setting our minds on these low and temporal things can lead to a dangerous lifestyle right right when all we think about is worldly things our minds aren't in tune with God mm-hmm. because like you said before, since his ways are so much higher, so should our thoughts be high as well. Right. Um, but a life where God is forgotten is a lifestyle that leads to death. Mm-hmm. It's a very dangerous lifestyle to live, especially for us knowing who God is right. and how much life he gives. When we forget about this, we tend to live in a lifestyle that reaps no fruit, right? It right. doesn't, there's nothing, um, sort of beneficial happening in our lives because it's just worldly things that we're sort of focused on. Right. Um, Proverbs twenty one sixteen tells us a man who wanders from the way of understanding will rest in the assembly of the dead. Wow. That's your place. That's strong. When God is not with you, when God is not on your mind, when he's not on your thoughts and he's not steering your thoughts as mm-hmm. well. Not that you're not just thinking about him, but he's not guiding your thoughts either. Yeah. And that's kind of what we want with God for him to guide our thoughts. But when that's not the case, we're in the assembly with the dead. Yep. That's exactly what happens in Genesis. When Adam and Eve first eat of the fruit, they ate from a tree and it's by no coincidence that this tree is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We see that the tree is based off of 
gnosis understanding right the tree is based off of knowledge and your mind and it led to the day that they ate of it it says that they would surely die now they didn't did they die no they didn't die they just got kicked out of the garden had kids and a whole bunch of they kept living after that but it wasn't physical death it was spiritual death mm -hmm. they had given themselves over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done um, and so when we continually allow our thoughts to be fixated on the things of this world, on the negative things in life, and we continually fixate our minds on this, we create this pattern of negative thinking that puts us into the same place that all other people are. And as Christians, our mind should be focused on Christ, on the things above, but it's so fixated on the things of this world. And that pattern just leads to death. Mm -hmm. um, it leads to conformity. That's why the Bible says that in Romans 12 too, right? Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Why? Because if you don't renew your mind, you'll never be transformed from conforming to the ways of this world, which leads to death. Exactly. Um, and that's a, a, a scary thing to think of a spiritual death. Like I'm more concerned with that than a physical death. Definitely. Like Everybody I'm more, has to I'm die. I'm more concern, concerned with a spiritual kind of death mm -hmm. because the spirit as we know it is yeah. eternal. Correct. So imagine an eternal death. It doesn't make sense, mm -hmm. right? Like an eternal, a place living in that eternal death is just not a state that I want to be in. I could care less if this body passes away. I know it will one day and I've made peace with that. But what I find hard to make peace with is that spiritual death. Yeah. Right. That That uneases me. Mm -hmm. It makes me like cringe when I think mm -hmm. about it. Like, I don't like the thought of it. So how do we sort of um, fix that? Like, how do we veer off, veer away from that spiritual death? Right. Because just like Adam and Eve, it's the same with all people. Like we had talked about in our previous podcast, as sin came into the world through one man. Yeah. Um, and that death spread to all people. Right. So now it's in us as well, that mm -hmm. our minds are easily captivated by what yep. the enemy has to offer us. So the importance of what we're talking about today is that revival, mm -hmm. that reclaiming our thoughts through praise right. in Christ, in God, right? Mm -hmm. um, giving praise to God helps readjust our minds to the truth, Correct. right? When we begin to praise God, when we begin to, um, the last series before this, we had talked about like the dependence on God and humility and lowering ourselves before God allows God to do what he needs to do. And it's the same thing with our minds. When we surrender our minds to Christ, when he is all that we think about, when it's heavenly thoughts that we dwell on, our minds can then be readjusted to what he wants us to be. I mean, what he wants it to be. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 tells us to not be anxious about anything, right? Right. Don't worry about it, but to understand that the peace of God will guard our hearts and that everything which is worthy of praise and pure right. should be on our minds. That's just a paraphrase of what right. was being said um, from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. And I love that he tells us not to be anxious about anything, because as we were talking about just at the beginning of this podcast, it's the earthly things that tend to make our minds veer off from Christ. Right. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, too, because it reminds me of Job. You know, Job went through a lot of loss in his life. He suffered a lot of things. But one of the things that I believe it's Job. And if it's not, then correct me. I'm totally okay with that. I think it's, but it's the, yeah, Job. the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Yeah, but blessed is. be the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. You notice that the that that your his mind wandered to a lot of places, right? He's like, God is not with me. He even says that at the end. And he, man, God 
God lets him have it um, because he was just like, oh, back in the day when God used to actually care about me. Like, that was where his mind wandered. Isn't the book of Job, like, how many chapters? It's a lot. And it's long. Most of the end of it is his conversation with God. You know what? You know what's, You know why? It's because I always think of Jonah and Job for some reason. I always confuse the two in my brain. And then when I go to read the book of Job, I forget it's like over 30 chapters i'm like oh and my gosh. just the first two chapters are the story yeah of him exactly. of him going through all that stuff and then like from chapters three all the way on to 30 it's just a it's conversation. just conversations with his friends and yeah but he 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 says like his his mind wanders in so many places even to the point of blaming god don't recommend that by yeah. the way <laughs> um but um but even to a place where he was just really in a place where he just wasn't thinking well. But even then, look at how he reclaims that mindset by saying, man, the Lord gives, the Lord takes. But blessed be the name of the Lord that rejoice, that thanksgiving, that that contemplating and saying, but God is good. Right. I mean, we're Pentecostals, so we, we have that common saying, God is good all, all the, the time. time and all the time. God is good. If that true, we could echo that. Like the minute somebody says it, somebody, all somebody has to say is God is good. And we're like all the time, brother. Like, but do our minds believe that statement? Because if they, if we really believe that we could reclaim our thoughts like that, bro. There's um, a Psalm where David is writing and he says, why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul. Right. He's yep. like, um, and I remember, I think it was Matt Chandler who was preaching on that. And he was saying that David knew what it meant to he, he knew that he was loved by God. Right. And we know that that saying that we echo God is good all the time. We know it in our brains. Like we, it's like mm -hmm. a, almost like a reflex when someone yeah. says it. God is good all the time. But in our hearts, in our in our mind, which we had talked about in the first one, that the mind and the soul are the same thing. So within our mind and in our soul do we truly believe that Correct. to be true because that's what david was getting at he's like why are you so downcast oh my soul why aren't you understanding that god is with me that god loves me that all the stuff that i'm going through isn't uh, a terrible oh not that it's not a terrible thing but that there's goodness at the end of it that i have god on my side why am i so downcast why am i so worried why am i so anxious right yeah, he's speaking to his soul, and that and that's kind of where I'm headed with this too, because that that verse that you actually just read, um, I love that because he tells us, "Don't be anxious about anything, but you know, um, in in all things, come to God in prayer and supplication." But if you read the the, the verse that comes right before that, I have it open right here. Um, verse um, it starts in verse four. The first thing he says is, "Rejoice in the Lord always." Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonable reasonableness be known be, blah, be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious about anything. It's almost as if Paul is saying, you want to stop being anxious? Learn to rejoice in God in the midst of any circumstance. To just be able to say to your soul, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Trust in God, right? Like, this is something we have to learn to do. It's something that I, you know, it's it's such a vital skill for Christians is learning to say, hey, you know what? I'm going through something, but God is good all the time. And believe it, man. And believe it. You know, believe that believe God it. is good. <laughs> I knew you were going to say. <laughs> um, and know that God is good. And um, you're going to say something? Yeah. And I was going to say that Paul has experience with that. 
right? Where he says, rejoice always. Oh, yeah. Rejoice. So okay. in the midst of trouble, in the midst of in the midst of anxiety, rejoice. You, you want to talk about that? Let's just let's just talk about the book that he that we find this in. This is in Philippians. Where was Paul when he wrote this? In prison. prison. And where do we see him in prison? Acts 16. Yeah. And then there's the yeah the story of that in Acts 16 where Paul goes to I mean, prison. I mean, Paul was in prison for most of it. That's just one instance yeah. in Acts 16 but where he was in prison. But this one's so good. I love this one. Um, you mind if I go through it? Yeah, go ahead. So Paul and Silas they they get arrested. I mean, I, I think they healed some girl and then they get arrested. And as they go into prison, um, they are uh, there's a, a jailer who comes up to them literally beats the 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 snot out of these guys like i mean he breaks their nose and just like like they he he basically tortures them and then the the bible says that they were put into stocks and if you don't know what those are um it it wasn't simply that he was in shackles these were torture devices and the way that they worked was i don't know you've seen these right where they have those big wooden things that your head and arms go in oh like the medieval thing yeah and they would put things? you in the middle of okay, the town so stocks are like that they're big wooden frames but they contort your body in such a way that your body is just in pain oh i didn't know that yeah like they're they're really bad stocks are not comfortable at all they're the, one of the most uncomfortable things. It's meant to teach you your lesson. I'm not going to just put you in prison. I feel like, would that be illegal now? Oh, yeah, yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. Um, uh, but back then, it was meant to teach you the lesson. What you did is going to not just put you in prison. You're going to get tortured. They got beat. They were bleeding. No, no ibuprofen, no Tylenol. There's no getting over the pain that these guys are feeling. They get thrown into a prison cell. And the Bible says that around midnight they were worshiping him and silas in stocks in the midst of a prison cell are just worshiping god rejoicing in the midst of a difficult situation and listen there's a lot of difficult situations in life that take us by surprise but can you worship in the midst of those yeah i was gonna say that it's very easy to be happy when everything's going right you know what i mean like in my mind, how I'm seeing is, is that like somebody who's poor and a rich person um, comes around. They're like, hey, man, just be happy. Right. Like just yeah. it's life is easy. Easy just for you be to say. Happy, yeah. mm -hmm. Right. But I was watching a video one time where this man, he was like he was just like talking to the camera. I forgot exactly what he was talking about. But a homeless man came up out of nowhere and he was just started preaching the gospel to this man. The homeless guy started preaching the gospel and he asked him, he was like, so are you happy to the homeless guy? He's like. Man, I'm the happiest I've ever been. And all he had was the gospel, right? So even when you have nothing, it's really easy to be happy and rejoice when you have everything. Yeah. But when you can rejoice when you have nothing. Right. When you're in the midst of pain and bad situations, mm -hmm. it shows where your heart is at. Yeah. With God. In the midst of pain, I will rejoice. In the midst of loss, I will rejoice. In the midst of, of poverty, I will rejoice. That's even what you say when you marry someone, mm -hmm. right? For better or worse. Mm -hmm. For richer, for poorer, sickness and unhealth, till death do us part. Death do us part. And that covenant is something that we need to make with God and with our minds. The Bible says that in Christ we have power to take every thought captive and surrender it back over to Jesus. Right? Like every lofty opinion, every negative opinion, everybody's doesn't matter what your mom or dad said about you, doesn't matter what your friends said about you, doesn't matter what your coworker said about you. You know, people may have spoken into your life and said you're never going to be able to accomplish anything. Um, I had I had a, a counselor tell me that in college. 
um, tell me that I would never amount to anything and that I, that she doesn't know why I even bother. Um, and, um, and man, it doesn't matter what people tell you. Um, because at the end of the day, God is the one who has the final say and God knows what he's, he's, he's speaking into your life. And so, you know, don't allow those things, any of those thoughts that come, you have the power to take those thoughts captive. You're in control of your brain. You know what I mean? It's not that your brain controls you, you control your brain. You are in control. The Lord has given you the authority and the power to do that. Prior to Christ, you probably couldn't, right? This is the reason why we struggle with sin so much. But now that we have the spirit of God, we can take um, every thought captive and surrender it over to Jesus and say, my mind will no longer dwell on these things. I'm just going to continue to rejoice in God. Thank you guys for tuning into our podcast. I hope that you enjoyed yourself. If you did, don't forget to give us a like, a follow, subscribe, comment, and share this podcast with as many people as you know so we can get the word of God out to everyone everywhere. We love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you guys on the next episode.